Hello again, ladies and gents, and welcome back to the AJ Roberts Show. Today, we have double trouble. We have two guests on the show, two healthcare professionals in the form of Dr. Irina and Dr. Malik. Guys, how are you doing? And uh, welcome to the show, more importantly. Excellent. Thank you very much for having us. Yeah, thank you very much for having us. Awesome, guys. Um, Ladies and gents, I've been speaking to uh, Dr. Irina for quite some time. Um, We've had lengthy conversations about her personal journey over the the last couple of years and what things are like uh, working in a London-based hospital. Um, It's been uh, quite some conversation and an experience you've been having. Um, But I think, obviously, with all the work that Dr. Malik does as well, uh, and the number of years been practising, you're both very much part of you know, what's going on at the minute and very much involved in things to do with the NHS and stuff like that. And uh, we've just seen, obviously, them do a U-turn with, you know, on, you know depending on the consultancy and stuff, with the, the mat for mandatory vaccinations for the, the NHS staff, which was, you know, a very, very large body of people that hadn't been, you know, and obviously wanted complete body autonomy and w- were concerned for their health, you know, because of things they'd witnessed themselves over the last like, year or so. Um, so, I mean, Dr. Malik, um, we've we've won the battle, in essence, but clearly not the war. Where do you see this going? Do you think it's a, a big stepping stone, or do you do you think there's stuff around the corner, ready and waiting? I th- yeah, I think. Look, we need to take the win. Mm-hmm. This is the first time in two years that the government's had a pushback. They've just been grabbing more and more power more draconian measures on the pretext of this pandemic. And this is the first time they've been pushed back. So you know what, we need to take that. And I think all the all the staff members need to pat themselves on the back. But you're absolutely right. This is just one battle and the war is far from over. I think if you listen to the language of Sajid yesterday, it wasn't conciliatory. It wasn't respectful. It wasn't, you know, in medicine, we talk about duty of candor. So as a surgeon, if I've done something wrong or made a mistake, you know, I meant to admit to my patient and, you know, in a very humble way, look, something didn't go quite right. Apologies. We're going to rectify it. And, you know, more often than not, I found if you do that with patients, they forgive you. Mm. And whenever I have patients who've come to me from elsewhere who are upset or angry or want to sue the surgeon is because that surgeon never did that. They, they either blamed the patient or denied the patient something was wrong um, or tried to cover it up. Now, if you look at Sajid Javid, he, that wasn't duty of candor. He didn't stand up in the House of Commons and say, look, you know what, we made a mistake. You know, the, the data's changed. The Omicron is different from Delta. The, you know, the, 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 the assumption of mandatory vaccination was just all wrong hands up, we've reversed it. You did not have that. If anything, it was kind of resentful tone and he was kind of blaming it on the NHS and the unvaccinated group of people. It's kind of like kicking it into the long grass. They're going to review it. It might, it might be up to the professional. So look, look, between you and me, do I trust any of the politicians, whether they're Labour or Tory or whatever? No, absolutely not. I think what this shows us is that they're like bullies. And if you don't stand up to bullies, they walk all over you. You need to push them back. Now, what we've done is we've pushed these bullies back. But if you think they've gone away, they haven't. They're going to try by hook and crook to get it back in again. And that's why we need to be really vigilant. Take the win. We've got a win. And this should embolden us even more that actually, you know what, we can even achieve more. Mm. And we have got so much more work to do. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I guess with everything we've seen over the last week or so and the the level of pressure on the NHS staff and psychological pressure, um, just from somebody who's not in the actual industry, just from outside looking looking in, has been awful. You know, to go to work every day with all this, you know, psychological pressure on you, do you get it, don't you get it? Plus, like, you know, your, your subordinates and your peers at work, you know, are all eyes on you if you're, you know, if you've chosen not to be, you know, vaccinated, it's um, it's remarkably unjust. So would you say like on that respect that, you know, medical ethics have really been tested and or thrown out the window in some kind of aspect uh, along the last couple of years? Because Yeah, I don't think they've been tested. Hmm. Yeah. AJ, they've not been tested. They've been thrown out the window. They've been trampled hmm. all over. And, 
you know, yesterday was a good chance for Saja to, you know, make amends and say, we've made a mistake and we're really sorry for all the stress and tension that the staff have gone through. And actually an opportunity to say, look, all those care workers that lost their job, you know, you should have your jobs back. Here's some form of compensation. There was none of that. Mm. And this is what I mean about the language. If you look at the language he used, it's very emotive language, very blame game. And he still doesn't get it. He doesn't understand how, or maybe he does, maybe he does, how this tramples over, you know, key cornerstone of medical ethics, informed consent. And informed consent isn't just like, you know, I, I'm telling you about this vaccine here. Here's all the stuff you need to know, right? Take the jab now. That's not informed consent. Informed consent means you got an option. You can choose to do nothing. You can choose to have the jab. It's up to you. And there's no penalty. There's no duress. There's no coercion. And there's no threat to your job or your livelihood. Now, they still think it's okay to do that, which goes to show what a really dangerous situation we are in in this country. Because this isn't just about even just some jab now. This is about what kind of country we want to live in. Mm. where the state decides what's best for us and our bodies and our families and our children, or we have that choice. And um, yeah, I think uh, we need to just stay very vigilant. And I would ask all your viewers to, you know, keep the pressure on their MPs and keep supporting organizations like Together Declaration and any legal challenges that are being made. And, um, you know, we cannot take our eye off the ball. Mm. No, Absolutely. And uh, that was you know, leads me on to my, my next point in question, uh, Dr. Arena. Um, with your experience, obviously you work in a London borough hospital. Um, you know, you you would have seen many things over the years. Um, but I mean, in the last two years, or well, in fact, the last year, especially since the uh, or just over a year since the, the COVID nineteen vaccinations come out. The level of coercion suddenly ramped up significantly, didn't it? Because initially it was uh, for vulnerable people. It was 15 million jabs to freedom. And it was just a single one, you know, after three weeks to flatten the curve, obviously. But, um, you know, from that stage, as it started getting to the younger populations, the level of coercion has just ramped up significantly. Um, you know, like, what? how does that feel as a healthcare professional working in a healthcare setting, in, in especially somewhere like London? Well, I think that generally there is a large division between the vaccinated and unvaccinated and even certain consultants and healthcare professionals that are vaccinated are very judgmental towards patients and other staff members that have chosen otherwise. And I think that is absolutely unacceptable. Mm -hmm. um, this was evident even on BBC. I'm not sure if you've seen this um, video where a consultant, um, IQ consultant actually, I think was in Royal London Hospital, where he was pointing at people saying how many were unvaccinated and even going to a patient who was certainly unwell to be interviewed by why he's been chosen not to be vaccinated. I think this is totally unacceptable because this is a coercion to the patient. He may have agreed and consented, but if you're in the ITU and you're relying to be treated there, if you say no, you may think that your treatment would be compromised, right? So I'm sure that this person was not happily, wouldn't be happy being shown on the BBC, being so unwell on a hospital bed, feeling poorly. So I think it was totally unacceptable. And I just wonder where the GMC is to investigate this. Yeah, no, I, exactly. What, I mean, there's the, a fair few things to investigate, isn't there? Over, I think they're going to be there for decades if we like highlight every uh, single thing. Um, so, I mean, even in an NHS and healthcare setting like that, um, it doesn't take a, a scientist or a doctor to see that this is not about health, is it, Dr. Arena? No, it's certainly not about health. I think people, like doctors, we were blackmailed into taking this vaccine. It wasn't coercion. This was pure blackmailing. It's either the vaccine or your job. If we put this in a different context, and if your boss come and tells you, wow, I'm not making you do that, but if you don't have, if you don't have sex with me, then you will be sacked. Then this would be an assault, right? Yeah sexual assault so 
in this case, this was accepted as something that was normal. And what was very surprising is that a lot of our instead of supporting us and bodies such as the BMA, the GMC, the NHS itself, instead of standing by us and saying, no, that is absolutely unacceptable, they actually pretty much took the other approach. Um, furthermore, I think the public were coerced into taking the vaccine. And a lot of the times you can hear politicians saying, well, you're a minority, 80% of the people did get the vaccine and they're happy with it. They're not happy with that because they got the vaccine and I have majority of the people around me who got the vaccine did not get the vaccine because they wanted to get a vaccine. They got the vaccine because of their work, because they had to travel mm. and because they were given a false information to start with. Mm. They were told that the vaccine will protect them from getting the COVID-19 and transmitting it to other people. Um, they were not told that, well, we don't know yet what would be the effect of the vaccine. They were lied to. So they made their decision based on this information. And certainly they wouldn't have made this decision had they been mm -hmm. given the truth about it, that it's experimental treatment that we still don't know whether it's gonna be effective. We still don't know whether it's gonna be safe or not. Is being tested on a very limited number of patients. And even the Pfizer clinical trial is it's absolute, it's very poor, at least. I'm just very surprised that this randomized controlled trial was even published anywhere. Mm. So I personally do evidence-based medicine as a uh, I'm doing a master's in evidence-based medicine. And to be fair, based on the uh, based on the guidelines that we are given, what the <clears throat> randomized control, uh, randomized controlled trial should be, they didn't pass it. They would have failed it. So, New England Medical Medical Journal of New like England, I think. Well, I don't know. It must be some sort of corruption or anything to be able to publish that. Mm. If I produce a work like this, they wouldn't even look at it let alone publishing it. So um, for the benefit of uh, the viewers uh, and Piers Morgan, um, would you say that this experimental vaccine is safe and effective? First of all, I would say that this is, I don't consider this being a vaccine to start with. Mm -hmm. This is a medical treatment and at best, this is a medication that supports your immune system to fight this virus for a very limited number of... Asking the question. Okay, so the vaccine is not vaccine in a conventional way of what we understand as being a vaccine. This is a medical treatment rather... This is a uh, yeah, medical treatment that, uh, that helps your immune system by producing spike protein and training your immune system to respond if there is a virus. That Can I just add there, theoretically helps the immune system. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's for very short lived for about three to six months. And it's actually mm -hmm. what they found recently is that the more vaccine you have, the shorter the immune system response it is hence all these boosters that is needed constantly. Um, it is an experimental treatment. Short-term side effects are underreported. I am absolutely sure of that because me as a junior doctor, I have been on the front line seeing patients who come with minor, I would say, in my experience, side effect, like arrhythmias or feeling unwell, very like COVID symptoms, fever, and so on. Um, we were never taught how to report them properly. Never. Mm. If you if you introduce an experimental treatment, one would assume that the trust or the uh, NHS or the NICE would make sure that the doctors who come across these cases know how to report on this yellow card scheme. No, like we were never taught and properly taught, at least where I worked, I cannot generalize 
but I've also spoken with GPs who are also not informed how to properly do it and exactly what to look for because doctors, they don't know. This is not our field and we need to be told, well, this vaccine may have side effects for two weeks, three months, six months after the vaccine. So you need to report it because this is not a conventional vaccine, as I said. Mm. So this hasn't been done. It is real, like people with side effects, they were just told that it's not due to the COVID vaccine. It's probably just coincidence. Well, we've seen a lot of coincidence recently, haven't we? Yeah, there's been a lot of people who have died of coincidence yeah. and, and, and you know, collapsed on football pitches from coincidence. Um, yeah, and people testing positive for coincidence. Um, yeah, it's quite remarkable, really. Um, obviously, over to yourself, Dr. Malik, uh, your thoughts on whether you would deem it safe and effective? Mm. Yeah, well, we were told, remember December, what was it 2020? Uh, it's safe and effective, 100%, 98% safe, effective. Kind of the same words used again and again, you know, almost conditioning you to believe it. And, um, well, one, it's not safe. So one of the swine flu vaccines in the past was pulled after just 50 deaths because 50 deaths is actually a ridiculously high number of people who, you know, were dying from the swine flu vaccine and it was deemed, that's it, this isn't safe, we're going to pull it. Well, if you look at the VARS data from America, it's over 20,000 deaths and the UK yellow card somewhere around 2,000 and Europe is in a higher magnitude. So we're talking about a lot more many deaths now compared to that previous swine flu vaccine and it's not being pulled. And like Dr. Arena just alluded, it's underreported. So if you look at the VARs and the yellow card, we think that only about 10% of people who have an adverse reaction ever get onto a reporting mechanism. So whatever we're seeing in terms of the adverse effects, which are in the hundreds of thousands, it's only 10%. It's tip of the iceberg. Yeah. And, well, for you know, me so- personally, like 100% of the people I know have had adverse reactions, which is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. haven't had it reported on the early car system and I, know, I personally know 11 males under 40 have had a heart attack from it well there you go three so in the military we're talking about heart attacks arrhythmias myocarditis strokes um, neurological conditions immune problems but this is just short term ag this isn't even long term we mm. don't even know what's around the corner five year mm. time 10 years time and you know the conspiracy theories are saying oh there's um you know it's oh it's all conspiracy theory if you say it's about fertility well a lot of people I'm talking to have got you know problems with their menstrual cycles and we just don't know what's going to be around the corner. Are they going to have problems conceiving and having healthy children? We don't know. And so one, it's not safe. Now coming back to the effective, you know, if you said a year ago, this isn't going to stop you from getting it and transmitting, you were, you've been labeled a nut job. No, no, you conspiracy theories, it does. Well, now we know you can get it and you can transmit it. Mm. Then you're told, no, 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 it stops you getting hospitalized. Well, you know, yes, it does. And again, if you said it does get you, you will you will be hospitalized, even if you have the vaccine from COVID. You would have been labeled a nut job. Well, actually, you can get COVID after getting the boosters and be hospitalized. So it doesn't stop that. And then we were told, oh, but you're like, well, at least you won't die from the vaccine. Well, I'm afraid you, you can still, you know. So if you look at any kind of, traditional vaccine again what Irina was saying it's a killed version of the of the virus and you know you have a shot you know measles or mumps or rubella or whatever typically you know what you've got lifelong immunity lifelong and I'm not talking about life sentence as in like a murderer who gets like 10 years I'm talking about lifelong 50 60 years worth of immunity mm-hmm. from a traditional vaccine and then if you look at this where you know people in Israel are getting a booster after after a year, four jabs. I mean, you know, it doesn't take a doctor or a scientist to question what's going on here. Clearly, this isn't working. So it's not safe and it's not effective. Now, I'm not going to get into the science of it, but what we're looking at is these multiple boosters are having a really adverse effect on one, your immune system. You're almost becoming like addicted to it. You need you need these boosters, otherwise your immune system shot to pieces and won't be able to work naturally anymore. Mm. And you know what? This is another thing that's scandalous. All the chief medical officers and scientists, they know this. Nothing beats natural immunity. Nothing. But they don't talk about that. <clears throat> doesn't make problem, money, does it? 
Yeah, exactly. Now, the other problem is forget the vaccine business and the immune system. The problem is if you're taking the vaccine and we know that you can get infected and transmit it, then you're, the vaccine is allowing people to get infected and be walking around society and spreading it. So the mm-hmm. kind of variant that you would normally have fizzle out at home because you're too sick to spread it, you're now able to spread it so you're having stronger, more dangerous variants get out there in society. And actually, they could be a danger to the unvaccinated, because if you're unvaccinated and you're, you're not being exposed to this more toxic variant, so it's the vaccinated that are the danger to the unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, yeah. you're not allowing natural selection to play out. Normally what happens is viruses, you know, if they're serious, they kill people and they can't spread. It's an it's a, it's a evolutionary dead end. Whereas the mild viruses will be allowed to circulate because you know you're you're fit and well. And you don't you might not even know you've got that many symptoms. But the vaccine is keeping your immune system subdued. You're able to go around transmitting and spreading, you know, and you're giving it and you're you're, you're destroying the whole ecosystem. Now nature has given us the best vaccine ever, which is Omicron. Hmm. You know that's nature's vaccine. Great. You get Omicron and what will happen is your body's got natural immunity and, and the next variant that comes along, hopefully you'll have a really good protection to it. Now, when you say, um, just, if you just elaborate on that sec, um, when you say nature's mm-hmm. vaccine, is that, is that just come about as a natural reaction to the amount of vaccinated people? Because of- So what happens is with respiratory viruses are highly mutatable. So what that means is that they're constantly changing and mutating and you know, and by love, just, you know, dead ends of where they can transmit and they can't, the more milder, more infectious ones will survive. Because if, if, if they're killing people, they're not spreading. So, you know, high lethal um, lethality viruses will, will fizzle out because they can't spread it because everyone's dead. Hmm. Whereas the ones that are mild and you just get a sniff on a cold, they're going to spread around everywhere. And what happens is by natural selection, you're just going to get milder and milder variants come along. Mm, which okay. Dr. Mike Yeadon touched on quite uh, a lot, hasn't he? Exactly. Like point three of a difference in terms of... Yeah. Uh, so basically, background. that's what's going to happen. You just get milder, milder variants. And the thing is, the vaccine producers are like dogs chasing their tails. They'll never, ever be able to keep up with all these variants. Mm. By the time they get a vaccine uh, to, to for that particular strain, go through the proper safety you know, process and t- trials, it's too late. Another variant will be out. Mm-hmm. And that's why even the flu is a rubbish vaccine. You know, it only works in about 30, 40, 50% of patients maximum, you know, but it's, and even that can kill people. And it's not, you know, it's not, I, I, I don't take the flu jab for that reason. I mean, so you can't compare these highly mutatable viruses like flu and coronavirus, the cold. That's why we've never had a vaccine for the cold with things like measles and hepatitis, measles and hepatitis and smallpox and polio. They don't mutate like influenza and coronavirus. The viruses have a, a reservoir in the human population. They don't jump between animals. They don't mutate that much and that's why you can get the herd immunity that's why they work and that's mm. why you get pretty much lifelong immunity with these other respiratory viruses of which there's 200 now apparently 201 with this one and i wonder whether that's why they called it you need to vaccinate our way out of this was a lie <clears throat> you cannot vaccinate your way out of this pandemic and i think it's been highly highly reckless for our health authorities to ignore other things that have been shown to work and other healthcare treatments. So, you know, obesity is a big factor. You know, if you're going to mandate anything, mandate against, you know, um, junk food, stop people Mm. eating junk food. You know, if you really care about health, you know, Mm. do stuff like that. But things like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, vitamin D, zinc, vitamin C, you know, no one's talking about these things, the Zelenko protocols, things that are known now to save lives. Mm. No one is talking about, but vaccinating. Yeah. So you touched is- on, uh, you touched on Omicron there and uh, I've uh, experienced it myself. Um, and a number of my close friends have uh, family members, um, all people who are unvaccinated have experienced this over a very, very similar period and window of about three to four weeks. 
like mm. uh, maybe a bit longer well midway through december to mm. probably just recently um yeah. exact same symptoms loss of taste and smell night sweats um the uh like the aching as well you know in certain joint areas like we're kind of like typical flu like symptoms um yeah. but the key thing that every single one including myself have said and i'm talking i've had 20 conversations with these people uh, 20 different people and the key thing is it i've never experienced anything like it it felt completely and utterly um Alien. Un, 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 unnatural like yeah. literally and and every single person i spoke to said the same um but then since then i've i've literally had some kind of like reboot like it's you know my my clarity my mental focus my internal health the way i feel just feel great uh and so many people i spoke to have said the same which i find fascinating so you know when you say like a natural like vaccine and that like you're saying i think it has been the best thing to happen to people because yeah. you, like you're saying you get that natural immunity as well everyone's gonna people. get it everyone's gonna get it and but that's the bioweapon to... doing its job though isn't it so <laughs> you know as a lot of scientists and doctors have said on the podcast you know this is an engineered bioweapon so it's definitely engineered. So again, you know, if you had said this has come out of a, a lab, you know, last year you've been labelled a nut job and mm. it was all from the wet market or wherever else it came from. Mm. And now, now, you know, we've accepted, yeah, it's come out of a lab and, mm. you know, probably came out too early, too soon, mm. accidentally. You know, my my opinion is that it was just they hadn't fine-tuned it enough. I mean, why was anyone even doing gain of function? It's that's a Orwellian gain of function. I mean, how can that be a good thing? I mean, that's just awful, trying to make it more lethal. I mean, it's ridiculous. Mm. So you've got this, you're right, man-made virus. And then the spike protein, which is a lethal part, is also the thing that's in the vaccine. Mm. I mean, yeah, that really makes a lot of sense. Mm. And that's what's causing the inflammation and all the complications. So, mm. you know, it is, it is actually just ludicrous. And unfortunately, like Arena said, a lot of people have lost the ability for critical thinking. Yes. And the, the reality is by design, by nudge, by the side B, or, you know, ultimately what's central to all of it is fear. You know, fear is a mind killer. You just, you know, mm. fear, 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 isolate, withdraw, then dangle a little carrot of hope, take this shot and get back to normal, lift all restrictions. You know, who wouldn't take it? Mm. You know, everybody wants to do their part, help the NHS, help society, travel. And you've been told this is the promised land. Take this and everything will get better. Mm. Um, but even those who embraced it, rushed towards it, looked down at those that didn't, and now even starting to think, hold on, I did everything. I did everything I was asked. But I still got COVID. Mm. And still can't do what I want to do. We still got all these restrictions. It doesn't make sense. Mm. So, you know, people are now starting, I think, starting to wake up. Yeah, yeah, very much, yeah. The reality. Yeah, and I've seen this at my live shows that I've been doing. I've been getting quite a lot of uh, vaccinated people have been coming because they've seen it for what it is, you know, experienced everything you just said then, you know, had it, still got COVID, was very ill, you know, was very ill after the jabs. You know, some, some people, you know, were quite open saying that the menstrual cycle has just been completely turned upside down. Uh, the mm. females um and yeah it's, it's mad um it's funny you said about critical thinking there because that's what i like to call my podcast is a vaccine for critical thinking um so you know come come, come and queue up uh because all the you know the fantastic guests that i get like yourselves on that sharing all this knowledge um but you talked then about um like within the nhs um irena from your experience and uh, because you've been you know within the nhs for some years would you say that the uh the nhs was coping before this covid pandemic you know come in just before i answer this question i just wanted to add something about the effectiveness of the vaccine mm. because the way that pfizer reported is that 95 percent effective 95 percent effective so people often get confused <clears throat> thinking that out of 100 people 95 will not mm. get the disease yeah however in a med in in a proper paper, you should uh, uh, report it as the number needed to treat. So rather than as um, effectiveness, because mm. this is a mislead, this is so misleading. So in order to 100 and around 120 people need to get the job, 
in order to prevent one infection. Mm. So this is how effective the vaccine is, just going back to the previous question. Yeah, yeah. So 120 people need to jab to prevent one infection. Mm. When we know that COVID has around 2% death rate, an average in all age, in all age, well, then you can see that actually how many people need to be jabbed to prevent one death. Mm. That is not even 2%. The, yeah. you know, the survivorship is 99.95%. So yeah. it's, yeah. it's actually... Is that down to the... This one because of the Omicron, but previously, and it was overreported, mm. the death rate was another thing that I can go on because I've been working in this... Is that because of the actual risk reduction, the ARR, um, when it yeah. comes to the efficacy? Um I think with it, I think it was the Lancet reported it. So like in Pfizer, it was actually like 0.86% actual efficacy, which yeah. aligns exactly with what you're saying. But yeah. they they like like everything else, the propaganda and you know, when Chris Whitney stands there, next slide, please. And uh he, you know, uses all these bar graphs and pie percentages, you know, it's that's what sort of bamboozles people, isn't it? Um, which is like it's just quite remarkable um and and well people fall for it don't they so um it's it, it's the same 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 as a sales pattern if you want to say a oh, massive discount you know people just look at the percentage don't they and they go wow that's huge uh where reality is not actually like that much it's just a case of reeling people that, in isn't it? the average attention span is literally seconds it's mm. like nine ten seconds that's and the politicians know this it's a quick sound bite whatever catches your eye and that's it mm. and i think look a the reason why we're here isn't just because of bad Pfizer and Bill Gates and Fauci and whatever Chris Whitty. AG, you and your viewers and everyone, we need to appreciate that a lot of the problem lies with us. Mm -hmm. you know, society was broken, you know. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so part of the problem is our society that we've actually let ourselves get into this position in the first place. It's not Fauci's fault or Bill Gates' fault or Pfizer. You know, they're, they're doing what they can do. We let them get to us. We let them divide us. Um, society became very divisive, whether it's BLM or Brexit or whatever, the whole cancel culture. We, you know, there's a lack of love and empathy yes. and brotherhood and sisterhood and you know a sense of togetherness and mm. um, we've lost humanity and we're all in it for ourselves we're all ready to blame and virtue signal and say look how amazing we are and um, without actually doing anything or any real accomplishment and we need to fix that we need to fix our broken culture and society and i think that's what the great reset should be forget what yes. Charles Schwab's once I think we as human beings need to learn to love each other mm. and care about each other and you know let not let the authorities whoever they may be divide us mm. like they have that's the problem and if there's any take-home message I would say that's what it should be mm. you know we need to come together all of us and mm. um, that's the only way we're going to win by the way yeah, and I've talked about this a lot uh, recently, and we, we talked about this at our live show with Dr. Sam White on um, on, on Saturday night. You know, it's just like the, the the cult that they want us to be in, you know, where you're made to be dependent on everybody, dependent on Big Pharma, dependent on, you know, what the, the curriculum that the school wants you to learn, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um it just takes away that responsibility from everybody all the time. And that's what's been lacking massively, isn't it? A sense of responsibility for your own bodily autonomy, your own self, um, your, your inner self. Um, so even to do the vaccines, for example, people have just gone, well, I forget a reaction. It's my doctor's fault. He advised me, you know, and that, that's why people's mindsets have been because we've been put into this cycle. So you're absolutely right. You know, absolutely. Um, and you can't question we can't question anything because if you question anything you get shot down and it's oh, everything, yeah. everything's related whether mm. it's gender fluidity blm you know the critical race theory, everything's related mm -hmm. everything's linked and the ability to speak up and have an opinion without upsetting someone else's feelings mm. you know you aren't able to have a debate anymore a true scientific or critical debate coming and going respectfully 
to explore ideas and issues. Having a nice open conversation has gone out the window. Mm. Now it's all about, you said something that's hurt my feelings. Mm. I'm going to cancel you. That's yeah. hate speech. I'm yeah. going to censor you. And, I, and that's, you're not entitled to freedom of speech because what you said is hate speech. I mean, they don't even see the contradictions of what they're saying. Mm. And this is the problem. So that if anyone like Irene or I in the workplace start talking about things, it's the labels come out, mm. anti-vaxxer, or, or you're like this, or you're like that. And they want a virtue signal. Look how great I am. And look at my Facebook page with I've been jabbed, triple jabbed, quadruple jabbed. Look how amazing I am. I've had 10 jabs. Isn't that amazing? And they don't see how insane it, this all is. And mm. we need to break down the damage that's happened to society, which has led us to this point. Mm. You know, but I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful, buddy. I'm hopeful. Yeah, they are likewise the same. And, you know, I think it's very, you know, the opinions and uh, people actually taking those route and understanding that we need to stand strong as a community is, you know, that number's growing every single day. Um, Irina, um, for obviously yourself, you work obviously in a hospital and that. Yeah. Like, why, why would you say it's taken a long time? Um, and one of the reasons why more doctors and nurses and scientists like haven't been speaking up um i think partially i feel that this covid that's been going on for the past two years has been i would say maybe not the covid per se but they've been it's been planned for the, for something like this to take place and people were, were conditioned throughout probably the last 20 years. This was happening through education, uh, universities, mainstream media, social media, and all the values that were, uh, were introduced in the past 20, 30 years. Mm. So this is not something that came by surprise to me at least, because uh, I could see the difference if something like this was to happen about 20 years ago, there'll be many more doctors and scientists who would critically think and would question. And maybe that's why they failed with the swine flu pandemic in 2008 or 2009, mm. because there were more critical thinkers at the time. And so they've taken the lesson of it They've seen where they failed and they're very good in changing this. So now we have a whole new generation of doctors who've been educated under the new system, multiple choice questions, not too much thinking, just learning by heart and being given answers. I think that is really, really dangerous because when you see a patient, they don't give you answers what this could be. You have mm. to think for yourself and make a diagnosis and try to treat this patient. So when you have majority of the exams being as a multiple choice question, basically you're told what to do. So this is a behavior that is conditioning in you. So you always expect someone to tell you what the answer is. So now it's the government, Chris Whitty, WHO, and you're not even questioning whether that whether this is correct or not, you're not questioning if there is a corruption there, what is the intention, where all these people worked prior to becoming like head of WHO and so on. You don't really bother to research this, you'd rather go home and watch Love Island or Big Brother. And this is the reality of the junior doctors. And I know that I'll probably get a lot of anger on my side, but let me tell you that we are the minority there is a minority of doctors who have still are able to critically think and they're scared. They're mm. scared to help. I have, I mean, I am a member of a group with about a hundred doctors and we share a lot of similar thoughts. Mm -hmm. A lot of them would probably one or two that would agree to come and show their faces. They're scared because the GMC is after you, all these organizations that are there supposedly to support the, the society and to make sure that, that no harm is done. Mm. They're chasing anyone with a critical thinking, anyone who has a different opinion. Mm. And it's not only in this country, because we're talking about country, but it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Mm. It's so it, this, I've never seen an event in history where every single country acted in an identical way. 
it's not possible. Mm. No, no. no. I would go as far as saying it's not just junior doctors. I'm, I'm a little bit older than you. Um, you're just a youngin, but um, it's definitely older consultants as well. You know, I was just operating this morning, and my anesthetist was asking me a few questions, and I, yeah, you know, I was like, well, do you know what's in the vaccine? I was like, no. I was like, you don't think it's a bit strange that you don't know what's in it? He was like, yeah. I went, do you mind if I just take a syringe and put some stuff in it and inject in your arm? He went, no. I went, why not? Why not? You let the government do it. You let Boris do it. I mean, you trusted Boris. You know, mm. you let him inject stuff inside you. Why, why don't you just let me inject? I've been working with you. Surely you trust me. Mm. Oh, oh, oh. I was like, now do you understand the situation? Why is an intelligent man like you not questioning what's being put inside your body and your daughters and your wives? Mm. And then he had a bit of panic. He went, oh my God, right. What's, what's in this? Should I be worried? I went, it's a bit late now to be asking that question. And I think, I mean, you're right. It's definitely the education system and we've been conditioned into, even in practice, use guidelines and protocols, you know, follow the guidelines, follow the protocols, you know. So you're kind of like forced down a, a tunnel you're not allowed to think laterally at all but also you know aj there's been a proper military grade psyop option uh, um, um, you know effort on the whole population mm, you and just touched it, on it then you know what yeah, you said to your niece war grade war mm. grade war grade manipulation and brainwashing and you know what look look if you're an individual right who's bought into all this virtue signaling over the few years and Facebook and look at my social status. It's all about that now. And you're buying the hook, line, sinker, you know, from the government and you're looking down at those dirty, filthy, stupid, unvaccinated, anti-vaxxers, fucking idiots. And um, you're so enlightened and so intelligent and smart. And then you find out actually you've taken a, potentially toxic experimental drug that doesn't work by corrupt nefarious agents of authority and you're putting your family and your children at risk all for nothing and you still won't be able to travel or work and all those dirty stinking stupid unvaccinated people were were right Jeez, man. I mean, you would either go, oh, I kill myself. This is, this is too much. Or you bunker down, double down and go, no, 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 no. This is right. This, you're still wrong. You're crazy. You're crazy. And it takes a big person to admit they got it wrong. Mm. It takes a big person to go, oh, my God, you know, my attitude was wrong. My dismissiveness, my arrogance, my intellectual, moral superiority was all misplaced. And I was wrong. Takes a big person to do that. And that's what people are going to have to do. Or go the easy option and go, no, 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 no. I'm right. I'm right. You're wrong. You're wrong. And carry on with the narrative. Now, the good news is only 20% of the people will do the latter. Most people will come around and go, damn it, damn it. We got, we got this one wrong. Mm. And we are going to be the majority. The, 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 it only goes one way. It's a one-way valve. When you're awake you'll never fall into this trap. You can't unsee it, can you? Well, you know, you when you see it. Exactly. Whereas if you're asleep, you can only waken up. Mm-hmm. So it's a numbers game. Sooner or later, they're going to come around to our side. Mm-hmm. 20% will never see it. It doesn't matter. I'm not worried about those 20%. Sooner or later, most people are going to find out and it's, it's going to be fine. But what we want to make sure is two things. One, we heal our society. We can't go back to just the way it was before, because then we're going to be we're going to be prey, we're going to be victims to this mm. kind of thing again. With the, with the same people at the top pulling the Absolutely. strings. And the second thing is, we need to hold those people to account and make sure something's done about it. There mm. needs to be a Nuremberg type two file. They can't get off with this, mm. you know. And you know, I don't know where Justin Trudeau ran off to or where he's getting his orders from, or what's happening. But it just goes to show you that when enough people get on the streets, these guys are cowards. Mm. And we shouldn't fear governments. Mm. Well, absolutely. I mean, the, we need the, to stop our children being vaccinated. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that was actually going to be my next question, uh, Irina. Obviously, 
everyone's got their views on obviously the the actual you know inoculation itself but the fact that children are out there getting vaccinated by this is just unbelievable so we've just seen the stats come out from the people that have died of covid there was like one child i believe under 15 um that died in two years uh yet we're the, from the reports i've had i've not seen it's not because they don't uh they're, they're refusing aren't they to release the actual stats as per like the yellow card system and stuff out of actual child death via vaccinations so that in itself just goes to show you that there's why, why hide it the reports i've had is that we're now into triple figures um so where is the where is the risk there versus you know the cost but that's the whole point the data has been deliberately opaque and the definitions have been opaque you know how many people are admitted with covid or as a result of some other condition and then happen to test covid positive mm. in, in hospital where's the data to show that no one's going to tell you where's the individual risk data to show for your risk of COVID, what's your illness risk? You know, where's the data about the prevalence of COVID? How many people in this country now have it? How many people have had it and been infected? How many people are now immune to it? We don't know. Mm. Where's that critical data that no one talks about? Mm. And what about the fact that you can be vaccinated and for the first two weeks afterwards, you're still deemed unvaccinated in terms of data collection. So if you're vaccinated and you have an adverse reaction, go into hospital and then test positive, you're an unvaccinated admission. Even though you just had the vaccine, you might have had an adverse reaction. That's why you've ended up in hospital. The data is deliberately skewed, <laughs> deliberately misleading. What does fully vaccinated even mean? That's a rolling definition. You know, and unpicking all that data has been incredibly difficult. And like Irina was saying, that original Pfizer trial, now, you know, if you un go through the whole data, it's so misleading. This was a trial organized, run, supervised, and written up by the pharmaceutical company. And even the BMJ assistant um, editor has come out, Doshi said, look, we need the raw data now urgently. Mm. You know, yes, you've published that paper, but we want to see the raw data. And if there's nothing to hide, why are you not showing it to us? Well, yeah, exactly. And it's the same with uh, stillbirths, isn't it? Like now in England and that, they're refusing to give out the number of stillbirths that have happened uh, since the rollout of, or since they've been pushing the vaccines on pregnant Back women. to what you said. Is it safe and effective? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the numbers, again, the numbers speak for themselves. Um, and it, it, it does, it's, it, it really, it, that, that's my one thing that like is my biggest bugbear, like parents vaccinating their children with this when there's like no risk to them at all and way, way more risk of them contracting myocarditis and stuff like that. And as Dr. Peter McCulloch, you know, one of the leading cardiologists yeah. has said, like 50% of people who get myocarditis are lucky if they live another five years. You know, so there's nothing mild about it. And, um, it, you know, it's just ridiculous. And even even the fact that even, to, you know, people say, oh, yeah, but heart problems from COVID itself, so much worse. But no, it's not like the vaccine induced myocarditis, pericarditis, heart problems are so severe compared to the infection rate you know and again like you said you don't need to be a doctor or scientist to understand that if you can understand data um so it's just, it's, and so it's pushing just it for, yeah pushing in the children who don't need it and are safe and will not get a serious illness pushing this experimental drug on them i think is criminal it really is criminal mm. and it's just we've, we've lost all sight of sense common sense has just gone out the window yeah. And that's why I'm, you know, the heart group had written an open letter to JCVI and saying that why are we why are we vaccinating children? And I'm still we're waiting to hear back from the government about I that. don't think mm -hmm. you ever hear back. I think I've I've recently listened to a, a podcast where they were saying that the likelihood of children dying of co of uh, vaccines 50 is larger than dying of COVID itself. So mm. I think this says enough in regards to the myocarditis uh, myocarditis is not a mild disease although now this is how it's been presented in the vaccine centers because yeah. i've spoken with people who had the vaccine and they and i asked them well you're in your 30s you have no comorbidity the likelihood of you dying of uh, mm. covid is so low that it's probably almost the same as the risk factor of the vaccine and then I was told him, well, how about myocarditis? He's like, oh, myocarditis is a mild disease. 
No, it's not a Mao disease. Be at least, no, before, before 2019 was not a Mao disease. Mm -hmm. It was a serious condition which led to about 13 people having severely impaired cardiac function and around 50% had worse cardiac function than before having the myocarditis, which doesn't really define it as mild disease and a tiny chance of getting it after the vaccine. Plus, even if you get myocarditis, if you don't get myocarditis of the vaccine or you get it, this doesn't diminish your risk of getting COVID and having another myocarditis. Mm -hmm. And once you have a myocarditis, you're more likely to have a repeated myocarditis anyways. Mm. So it is absolutely like for me, it's unacceptable for vaccinating children, even now they're talking about like babies. And we don't have any long-term safety data for this vaccine. We don't. So in um, in Australia, uh, last weekend, I think it was, not weekend gone, weekend before, they started uh, vaccinating 5 to 11-year-olds. Um, my DMs went crazy like Sunday night because it, uh, there was a particular centre where five children collapsed in a really short space of time as soon as they had, within minutes of having the jab. The parents were told they wouldn't get an ambulance. They'd have to take the children to hospital themselves because they didn't want to scare everybody else queuing up to get the vaccination and people were still getting it after watching these kids collapse uh, which i find crazy um but even like the temperatures that are over there right now well into the 30s you know where you wouldn't see a respiratory disease of this you know just actively swarming around but again it just goes to show you just the, sh the magnitude of the brainwashing exercise has been carried out on the australian people and you know they have got quite severe restrictions over there which they're fighting back with which is amazing to see um, and, and their doctors are just coerced to the maximum, aren't they? They're literally, if you say anything negative about a vaccine, that's your license gone. But to be yeah. honest, I think doctors should have, like, if, if you understand what's going on, in your, I mean, I don't know what is, better, what is worse, actually, because I was thinking about this. And I was thinking, if I know that my colleagues are aware of what's going on and they're doing it because of some financial incentives mm. or because of uh, losing their jobs or having dependents and things like this, then I'll probably feel a bit more relaxed because at least they know what's going on, although they choose not to, okay, they may, may be corruption or anything. But the fact that they don't see it, I think even this is even more scary because mm. those would be the people who will be treating you later on. So if they cannot see something so obvious mm. and they're the medical professions, the people on the street, they're coerced into it. They're scared. They, they, they see all like, like that, that number of people who died of COVID, although some of them had a lot of comorbidity, like 75, 78% had four more comorbidities which meant that probably, possibly they would have died sooner than expected mm. anyways. But this information is purposely not given. So people get really stressed about it and they don't have the medical background and they have other jobs, they have other things to think about. So I can understand partially the fact that they're like in some sort of mass psychosis but the doctors, yes. that is very, very scary. I think, like, if you get unwell later on in your life, then those people have to treat you. Mm. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. But, I mean, we're at this point now where people have either been getting financially sorted out and have been for some time, um, especially in the management levels. Um, people are earning commission from using remdesivir in the hospitals. Like, we've, you know, got solid proof of this. And they're using it as part of a protocol when people are coming into hospital. And funny enough, people end up with acute kidney failure, don't they? And uh, the lungs filling with water end up as a statistic. Um, and uh, but I, I know there is uh, there are, there are legal groups at the minute that are accumulating all the details of all these doctors and that are and, and nurses who are actively doing harm to people with these protocols. Uh, you get you, you talked about obviously previously there. I really know about people not thinking for themselves, just doing as they're told. Well, you know, we know that nurses are just do it, being told to give remdesivir of what doses because they're just following orders. A friend of mine went in recently with a, a you know chronic stomach problem, 
and they were not interested in his stomach whatsoever. They just kept asking him if he was out of breath, if he needed to go into the COVID ward. They kept trying to test him. They kept trying to put, give him remdesivir, um, which he kept refusing it and refusing it. And then was asking them, like, you know, he's actually a pharmaceutical expert. <laughs> and uh, he was asking them if they actually knew what remdesivir did to people. And the nurses had no idea. They just said, oh, we're just told to give it at what doses. Um, and again, this is accredited to hundreds of thousands of deaths in America at the start of the pandemic, you know, under the, the order of Dr. Fauci. So all of this is obviously getting heavily investigated right now and is getting added to this ongoing criminal investigation we've got going on. Um, but for in, in terms of the wider communities, uh, Dr. Malik, you mentioned about, you know, totally disconnecting from this whole cult thing, moving forward with love and empathy. Um, what's your advice to the general population moving forward um, in, mm. in those regards? That's a great question. Well, I, what I would say is lots of things. I, mean, I would say, one, stop living in fear. Mm. I would say there's a lot to be happy about. I'd say embrace your friendships and your families. Hug them. You know, Hold their hands. Shake hands. Meet and greet. Um, look after your health. Get outside and make your own happiness. Um, take your supplements, your vitamin D, um, high dose. So I'm talking about four, five, six, seven, eight thousand units. You know, it should be high dose vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc. Um, lose weight, exercise. These are things that are going to look after your health system. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, you know, it's not going to stop you getting infected, but you know, you're going to have mild symptoms or severe symptoms. It's going to depend, isn't it? If you're healthy. And, you know, you don't, you're not overweight or that you're unhealthy and really mm. overweight. Look after your diet. Think about carefully what you're eating. Don't just eat processed mass industrial food. Be careful. And, you know, don't fall into the fear trap. Switch off from the ma mainstream media and the news and the nonsense that's out there. And don't be coerced and forced. And don't sacrifice your long-term health and your hard-worn freedoms for some short-term gain or convenience. Oh, I want to go on a holiday. So, you know, oh, I don't need to take this path. I, oh, I'll get the vaccine. You know, just make my life a little bit easier for the short term. Mm. Don't sacrifice your freedom and your health for that short-term temporary gain. Because if you do, you don't deserve either freedom or your health, okay? Mm. You're being Absolutely. reckless. No. So that's my advice to everybody. Don't live in fear. You know, there's, not, there's nothing to be fearful about, you know? And embrace your fellow man and woman and don't be judgmental and be positive. And, I, you know, probably maybe the viewership that you have are the ones that, you know, don't take the vaccine. I'm a, I'm a member of WhatsApp groups and I, and I have to correct some of the people on them because they go, oh, you know, that dim wear, mask wearer that sheep or whatever, mm, you know, yeah. we're no different from the same people that look down at the unvaccinated, yeah, yeah, label us as idiots and stupid, mm. you know? Yeah, we might think they're acting irrationally and fearful and they're brainwashed and they're sheeple or whatever, but you know what? Then we're falling into the same trap, mm -hmm. divide and rule, divide and rule. We need to look at them as victims. They are victims. They are, they are our friends, our family, our loved ones who have been brainwashed. And we need to show them compassion and love and patience. And we yep. will get them over. Mm. Don't force it. And mm. don't use the language that they're using on us. Does that make sense? We need to break the cycle. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'll be, I'll be yeah, saying I'm, a, num a number I'm of becoming podcasts. a bit of a hippie as I get older. <laughs> Same. Um, it's, uh, it's something I've been talking about a lot on a number of podcasts. You know, it's just, and I, I always say, like, you know, this arm's always been there for people who have gone through that process. They've done what they feel is right at the time for them and their families. <laughs> um you know live made decisions out of fear um but this arm's always been there like yours has and arena's has, and everyone else's has you know um and it, their, their time or you know that penny will drop when it's right for them you know you can't force it all we can do is educate and empower and and show nothing but love and empathy because that will win all the time um and it is that's what it is winning it's clear to see you know, I, I go on the, the protests and stuff like that and the energy, the, the vibration is so high because everyone there is just full of love and empathy, aren't they? And then um, even Saturday night we did a live gig and there was a number of vaccinated people there. They felt that and was like, wow, like that's where they want to be. Um, you know, so yeah. I encourage everyone in the same situation to start 
having these conversations, asking the right questions, um, listen to people like yourself as well, which is the sensible thing to do, not just because your opinion, but because it's, altern- it's an alternative opinion, because asking questions is the very thing that's going to help you get through the next several months, making informed decisions for you and your family. Um, and I think I'm a very, very big believer in, you know, it's a bright future. I think this year is going to turn out well, providing we stay on track doing what we're doing, looking after the people the way we are and building these communities and stepping away from the, you know, the, the cult and what they want us to do, uh, you know, whether that's financially, ethically, whatever it is, you know, that system they've got us in. Um, I just think it's vitally important we stay there. Um, but I'd like to take this opportunity Irina and Dr. Malek, uh, thank you very much for coming on the show. I know you're a bit strapped for time. Um, it's a fascinating conversation. And again, adding so much value there from both your experiences. Um, so, uh, you know, thank you so much for coming on. And, uh, you know, no doubt we'll, uh, we'll speak to you again very, very soon. Yeah, I'll be really willing to discuss the NHS before the COVID because it seems that people and other doctors have forgotten what it was before. Yeah. Uh, what's been going on. So this, I think, will be quite a useful eye-opener. Yes. And I just want to say that uh, I think the problem with the people who are get vaccinated and the people who are on the other side is that they're not interested to watch anything alternative. I'm always open to see alternative things. Yes. If I send them something that is alternative, they don't even bother opening it. Mm-hmm. this is as bad as it is so i don't think that we're gonna win this unless they're more willing to accept alternative uh, views and just educate themselves i'm not sure if this is the fear of if they have made the right decision or not or whether it is just ignorance but yeah. certainly unless this cycle is, is gets broken then we won't be able to get anywhere yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. Um, you know, and I, I can only hope and pray that the things improve in that aspect moving forward. Um, guys and girls, thanks again for tuning in to another fascinating episode of the AJ Roberts Show. Um, look forward to the next episode coming up soon. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to my Rumble channel and on Telegram and on Facebook and Twitter at AJ Roberts Show. Really straightforward. Um, thanks again, guys. And Boys and girls, I will see you next time on the AJ Roberts Show. Goodbye. Thank you. Have a nice day. Bye-bye.